You're now listening to Primetime with Charles Reese, presented by the Bros You Think Network. Enjoy. What's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of the Primetime Podcast. My name is Charles Reese, your host, and we are inching closer to football season as we are a few days from our first game week. As always, today I am joined by Josh Lemoyne to break down what's been going on in camp and to kind of give a season preview. But before we get into that, Josh, how are you doing today? I'm, I'm doing good. Uh, Charles, uh, you know, everybody's getting ready for the season. My, uh, my phone's been on fire. Everybody wants to talk about it and get the inside scoop. But uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm getting excited. Well, yeah, uh, some I saw some high school jamborees kicking off. As uh, I, I saw Roy played tonight with U High. I saw a couple other schools have some jamborees. Man, football is here. We got our first football game in Miami and Florida this weekend. Get to see if Felipe Franks is uh, progressing like they say he is, or if he's uh, going to be more of a freshman year Franks in that first game. <laughs> you sound like you're still upset that he flipped, huh? <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm not really upset that he flipped, but I think there's some bad blood between Florida and LSU after the past couple of meetings. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But let's j- jump into everything. Just kind of go on over what you've been hearing about camp. LSU's had, I think, three scrimmages now as they're getting set to break camp as class starts on Monday. Yeah, you know, the the talk of the town is that, you know, we've been talk- talking about for the last couple shows and is uh is this new offense you know is it real you know is it actually are we actually going to see that on the field Charles um from everything that we've heard Co- Coach O say from the press conferences to the stats to you know talking to some of the players and the sources that I have that it, it seems like uh that's going to be the case that LSU is is truly going to commit to a RPO spread offense uh you know like we discussed something that something like the Saints run. So uh, that's that's pretty much the, the big talk of the town out of camp. Um, you know, and then you got the individual people that are, are getting some hype. You know, Derek Stingley, the true freshman, he's going to be fun to watch, Charles, as you know. Uh, Chason is, is the guy that I'm really focusing on. I'm excited to see how he comes back after uh, after his injury. Charles, I'm not sure if you got a chance to see some of, some of the clips of him at practice, but I mean, man, he looks like he put on 30 pounds of muscle, and he looks like he's he's ready to go. Have you had an opportunity to see him? Yeah, I've I've seen you know some of the stuff LSU's put out. I, you know, I, I've seen the pictures he's posted. You know, so even some of the workouts he was doing mm-hmm. uh, before the season started, and uh, um, you know, he really looks like he's primed and ready for that season that we were expecting last year from him. Uh, Josh, you know, I think that when we get kind of into the depth chart, just talk, we can talk about the impact he's going to have for the other guys along the depth chart, uh, especially in that defensive line, because he's not a guy you can block one on one. I I think there may there's two, maybe three offensive tackles in the SEC that can block him one on one where you say, look, you're an NFL talent, block this NFL talent. But other than that. I don't know who can handle the speed on the outside. Yeah, one thing about Chason that I think he that you're going to see this year now compared to maybe the last couple years, 
we always knew he had the speed, right, Charles? You know, coming off the edge, even out of high school, you know, that's that, that's what he was known for. But, man, to be able to combine that with with some power and some strength, uh, you know, and a little bit of size now, to not just commit to the speed rush, to be able to maybe push that offensive tackle in his chest and push him back into the quarterback, that's going to be, you know, giving him some more ammo. Uh, so it's going to be exciting. You know, there's some, some coaches and sources I've talked to think that he can uh, – he can challenge the sack record. And, you know, I think if he stays healthy, I, I absolutely think he can. He's that talented of a kid. Well, before we get into our depth chart and looking at position battles, uh, I, I do kind of want to hit back on something you talked about earlier and something I've kind of heard over the radio past week and kind of want to get your opinion. You know, you compare this offense to what we had uh, with Canada, and you were hearing all these good things pre-break of camp, you know, pre-first game. Mm-hmm. And we're heading into that first game week. My question for you, Josh, is how is this offensive play style or play calling going to go? You know, is it going to be something? And look, you saw it last year in that Georgia game. You've heard about it, and you saw some of that in spring as well. They're going to want to run that up-tempo offense. So is Joe Brady going to be calling a play, and then Insminger voids it, and then calls something else? Or or are we going to say this is a passing situation, Brady, this is your call? No, yeah, uh, I don't think it's going to be like that. I think Ensminger, from what I can, from what I can gather, is is you know he's going to be calling the plays. When I think you're going to have some input from Brady at times, but really where it's going to matter is I think the 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 pre-planning, uh, Charles, scheming up for the, for the opponent. That's where you're really going to see Joe Brady um, have his input and, and have those plays in place you know, for certain situations in the game. Uh, I, you know, let me say this. I don't, I don't want to wait until the second and third quarter to roll around and we're sitting here going, okay, they're finally getting into that fast tempo. There's that kind of new offense we want to see. I want to see it right out the gate. I mean, I, I want to see it out the gate. I want to see a new look. I want to see up-tempo, like you mentioned. I want to see the RPO. I want to see all these athletes, these five-star guys, and these four-star guys put in space immediately, right from the jump. And I know you're a big—you're big about that, jumping on the opponent quick. Uh, we really need to kill that—that that, you know, these even even against these smaller programs, how it, sometimes it takes us two and three quarters to get our feet under us. Yeah, you know, uh, it's going to be something that they I don't think they can stray away from. You know, they're going to have to buy right. into the system and they're going to have to stick with it, you know. Yep. And and Ogeron's going to have to allow them to run the offense, something we talked about in the last episode. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think that it's important that he take his hand off of the offense. I think if he needs to be in there, he will. But I, I think that's kind of what Innsminger is there for, you know, is mm-hmm. – to have some control over this offense and and to be honest josh i've heard it you know it's been talked about not only through fans but people that follow this team people in and around this team there is that true feeling that this is brady's offense in the future you know it's almost like a a, an audition for him right so i really think we're going to see a lot of creativity we're going to see some things that i don't even think were used by the saints um, and I, I think this offense is going to be extremely explosive. And you pair it with one of the best defenses in the country, you, you can create a national championship team if it, you know offense turns out to be what we're talking it talking it up to be. You know, defense mm-hmm. stays in line with what we expect from an LSU defense. Uh, 
right. and special teams doesn't skip a beat from last year. Uh, you know, I, I think the sky is the limit for this team. But with that being said, let's kind of jump into um, just last thing I want to talk about with camp is just some of these injuries, just kind of your thoughts on injuries. I know the offensive line, we've seen some injuries, uh, you know, impact this O-line, especially to that guard position right? Um, and, and this kind of will lead into our depth chart but uh, it seems like some of these injuries are more of you know what, what, either a vet rest day or there's something where it's not serious and they kind of just don't want to make an injury into something that lasts long term yeah no Charles you're right uh, let me say this about the injuries I've had um, a lot of people reach out to me that maybe don't keep up with the team as closely as me and you and ask, oh, you know, what's up with these injuries and concerns that I, I try to tell them, you know, just take it all with a grain of salt. It's it's planned. This is planned out for all season. They got these days where they want to give them rest. It's going to be a long season. They're going to take a lot of hits in the SEC, you know, so just it's it's planned. You know, a Nick here that there. Yeah, he's injured, but he, he's really not. He, he needs some rest. And Coach O don't want to want to beat him into the ground. Um, for a real injury like a Cardell Thomas, you know, that's a real injury. And you see he's going to be out for some extended time. Um, sources that I've heard, uh, matter of fact, today, he might not be out as quite as long as expected. So uh, maybe some news on that in, in, in the coming days, which is which is good to hear some positive news. But overall, um, Charles, I think LSU actually got out of this camp in uh, in really good health. That's good. I was just kind of holding my breath, hoping we didn't have a couple of tears of the knee, you know. So uh, overall, I think LSU comes out of camp real healthy. Which is good news, you know, yep. not a catastrophic injury because I don't think really at the end of the day, Cardell was a guy that was going to be competing if, you know, Damian Lewis and Jason Hines are healthy. I think those are your two offensive guards. And with that being said, Josh, let's jump into that depth chart. Starting with that offensive line, um, I think your tackles are solidified in Deculus and um, Sadiq Charles, and also Lloyd Cushenberry. I mean, I, you know, after last year, it, it seems like he's elevated his body and his playing, you know, even more. A uh, guy that's reliable. And you saw what Damian Lewis did. He may have been one of the best offensive linemen on the team last year. And then you talk about a guy like Jason Hines, one of the better run blockers for this team. I, I think this offensive line is, is, like we said in the past, it's going to carry this this offense, you know, this team will go as far as this line goes. Uh, but just, you know, where you see the starting five in the front. Yeah, no, I think you, you now the Charles, every, uh, everybody you mentioned there, I think your, your tackles are set. Let me say about the tackles. We need elevated play. I've been saying it every week. Um, we need, we need Austin there at the, at the right tackle position to step up and be that recruit that we all expected him to be. Um, and the same goes for Charles. At, at the left tackle position and you know, I can't say it enough like you just said we're going to go as far as this line takes us um, Damian Lewis out of everybody on our offensive line he is he's the he's the NFL guy he's the most NFL ready right now tomorrow he could start on an, an NFL team he's that good at right guard uh, Lloyd Cushenberry just intelligent smart solid solid guy there at center and you know with the left guard position like you mentioned Jason Hines can stay healthy I think it's his job the Ed Ingram situation, you know, what, what happens with that? Does he return in September? If he does, you know, he he challenges for the guard spot because Ed Ingram is another NFL NFL talented guard. So 
I think it's it, we're, we're pretty set there. I just want to see some elevated play from the tackle positions, Joe. Well, let's switch over to someone who is going to be blocking along with those tackles, and that's that tight end position. I've seen your tweets about Thaddeus Moss. You know, we've talked about Stephon Sullivan and having that big end zone target that he's going to provide. And even a guy like Jamal Pettigrew, we've seen him catching balls. We've heard that he's been blocking really well. Uh, seems like it's out of those three guys that are going to be getting that rotation. Um, just kind of on that tight end position, you know, what, what can we expect in this new offense? Yeah, so with this new offense, you know, Charles, we, I think we're going to see use of a lot of these guys. You know, I, think, I, I don't think it's going to be the same old generic um, LSU, the, the same tight end and it lines up in the same position. Uh, you're going to see them in certain situations, you know, third and long. You're going to see more of the pass catcher in there, Stephen Sullivan. Um, T.K. McClendon. A big, big body tight end out of, out of JUCO. When it when when it's a goal line situation, expects to see TK come in. Um, he's almost like having another offensive tackle in there. Uh, so great for run blocking. Uh, I, you know, this Charles. This is another one point about this offense. If they're truly going to change this offense, like the Saints, like the Saints will do. Sean Payton, he'll use three or four different tight ends in H back, like Tory Carter. Uh, you know, use those specific guys and you know all around depending on the situation so i think we see all these guys at some point in the game well let's switch over to someone else that catches passes and that's that receiving core i josh i think your top three are you know equivalent to the best in the sec yes look you may not have a jerry judy on this team but i do think you have reliable pass catchers and a guy like justin jefferson who runs routes incredibly well uh just talk about this wide receiver core and kind of give us like your top four top five um because i think some people will be surprised to hear some names that we may have at that fourth and fifth position yeah so like you mentioned justin jefferson uh he's you know he's the senior laden guy even though he's still pretty young terrence marshall jamar chase Derek dillon um Racy McMath, that's, you know, that's, these are the names that we, we're going to see, we're going to hear about uh, consistently. But I think the names that honestly that I want to see step up is we know Justin Jefferson can play. We've seen what he can do last year. I, I got to see Jamar Chase, Terrence Marshall take that next step this year. That's the two guys I think if LSU is going to, you know, go, go to a different level and really challenge. That's the two guys that we need it. We need to see with this new offense, really take it to a whole new level. I think a, a name that you didn't mention that I think is going to get a lot of playing time when he's healthy, he's kind of been hampered by some injuries in camp is Derek Dillon. Um, you know, you think about what he did in that Auburn game, right? Maybe one of the only guys on this team that has that kind of speed besides a guy like Trey Palmer, who also when healthy, I think he's going to get some play. I think both of those guys are going to get a lot of play on this team. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, a crossing route, slants. Those guys can go the distance one-on-one and beat guys deep. Uh, I, I think that you're going to see some deep balls out of Burrow in this offense, especially in play action in an RPO type of situation, you know? Yeah, no, and let me say about Palmer, he's a name I didn't bring up at first. Uh, I didn't want to be here too long, but that Trey Palmer is – 
I think he's going to be the sneaky guy that when the season's said and done, if healthy, we look back and he might catch 25 or 30 balls, like you mentioned. Um, I think he's going to be a, a really good slot receiver. Charles, I was told by a source that think think of like Wes Welker, but with more speed. That's that's how they, they uh, you know, talked about Trey Palmer. So pretty excited to see what he can be. Well, let's go over to, I, I think Torrey Carter's kind of solidified. There's no one really challenging him there. Right. But uh, let's hop over to the side of the ball where, or let's stay on the offensive side of the ball, but let's hop over to that running back position. Uh, I, I think, you know, the four guys we all know about uh, with uh, Clyde, with Curry, with Emery, and Ty Davis, I, I think those four guys are solidified and they all do something differently. And they'll do something well, you know, differently. But if you look towards the end of the season, which running back do you see being that guy that gets the most touches in the backfield? You know, if you would have asked me this three or four weeks ago, I think I would have said it was Clyde. Um, but the more that the more that I, I read and the more, you know, sources I talk to that I think they, they really do like Emory a lot, Charles, and I think they think he's special. Um, I do think when the season's all said and done, I think you might see that Emory-Clyde kind of split like we've seen with Clyde and Nick last year. Um, now, with this offense, let's hope that some of these touches come out the backfield as far as swing passes and, and you know, quick passes like that. So um, everything I could gather, I think they're really going to use Emory um, – Often and and much sooner than I I thought. I think he's gonna be a guy that we see immediately come out the gate and LSU use, use him as a weapon. Well, let's switch over before we get over to defense special teams. I think that you know with punt returner, I think you know Derek Stingley's gonna yeah. be that guy. Excited to see what he brings there. I think kick returner is gonna be Claude. Um, he's kind of been in that position for a while and. Then your punter and your kicker with Von Rosenberg and Cade York. Excited to see, you know, what we will see this year from Cade York. You know, everything we've heard is good news. Um, but it's the question is, is can he do it under pressure? So I think special teams can be really good this year. Uh, obviously, Avery Atkins is going to be returning uh, to kickoff duties. I'm hoping that we get to see him blow somebody up because that's that's the one <laughs> I hope for every yeah. single time he boots a deep. But he's so consistent with kicking out of the end zone. It's almost like we will get lucky if we even see them return one. But let, let's now switch over to that defensive side of the ball. Same thing. Let's start with the defensive line. I think those tackle, it's kind of uh, these guys are both going to be starting because they're going to be splitting time pretty much 50-50. That's uh, Apu, Ika, and Tyler Shelvin. And then you look at the defensive ends. You've got Richard Lawrence, Braden Fajoko, and Glenn Logan, who's going to be playing significant time as well with Neil Farrell uh, jumping in there as well. Just that defensive line is one of those positions where it hasn't been that good, Josh. It really has not been up to standards of what we expect in Baton Rouge since maybe 2011, 2012. And I think this is an opportunity for this defensive line to bring back what we expect. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's, uh, some people don't like hearing that, Charles, but I'm glad you said it, that Rashard, Lawrence and Fahoko and Glenn Logan, you know, Rashard was a five-star, you know, guy, one of the best players in the state of Louisiana. I think he's had a good career. I just don't think 
he's had the, you know, necessarily the career that we thought he would have, um, a Glenn Dorsey type career at LSU. But, you know, he, this is his senior year. He can't, he comes back and uh, everything's in front of these guys, Charles, everything. I mean, Fajoko, Lawrence, they, you know, they, everything sounds right, right? When you hear coaches and you hear the players that this is going to be a year that, that it all comes together. It's all in front of them. These guys have all the, the size and the ability to be good players in the SEC. Look, we're not asking them to go out there and be first-round picks, but, you know, let's get some consistency. Let's stay healthy. Let's make plays. I want to see Glenn Logan kind of t- take that next step, like like you just mentioned. He's going to get more playing time. So, uh, yeah, Charles, I think I think you nailed it. Like, these guys need to step up. I'm, I, You know, we get, we've been getting C-plus type play. You know, these guys need to be playing at a higher level more consistently. And, you know, we kind of hinted at this earlier, but the play of uh, Chason coming in this year mm-hmm. and, and, you know, demanding double teams, demanding a chip is really going to open it up for guys like uh, Rashard Lawrence and Glenn Logan, Braden Fajoko and Neil Farrell, because they're not going to be facing double teams this year as much. Um, yeah. yeah. They're going to be asked to beat their man one on one. And these guys are talented enough that you expect them to do so. So I'm expecting a lot of big. Uh, numbers from this defensive line. I, I expect this defensive line to create pressure, and that leads to turnovers at the, at the end of the day, which is what you want from your defense. No, Ch- Charles, yes. Let me look. Let's just say this that there's no excuses. As long as Chase on stays healthy, we got two nose tackles now, um, legitimate nose tackles uh, with, with Chase on, with a, a real pass rush coming off the edge. So, yeah, Lawrence and Fahoko uh, and Glandick. It, they, it's there, you know, there's no more excuses. So, you know, I, I expect that line to, to make some more plays this year. You're absolutely right. Well, then we get into the linebackers, as we already said, Chase Hall starting out that outside linebacker. Uh, your inside backers are going to be Divinity and Jacob Phillips. Um, and, and then that other outside linebacker, uh, gonna, probably going to be a guy like Ray Thornton. Don't be surprised to see a guy like Damone Clark and Patrick Queen get some playing time with mm-hmm. the backers as well. Um, but Josh, I really do think that you're going to see more nickel than you will see four linebackers out um, for LSU this season. So I, I'm not sure if you have any differences on linebacker opinion. I think it's a position as a group. We've said this already that they are better than, than you know, as a group they were last year. Yes, you mm-hmm. lose a guy like Devin White, but this, this group is still talented. And um, I don't think it's a weakness of this team at all. Um, so I, I think the backers are going to be talented. And then you move over to the defensive backfield, loaded with talented guys. Uh, Your outside quarterbacks, it's already known that that's Fulton and Stingley. And it's going to be hard for quarterbacks of opposing teams to decide which side they want to throw on. You know, it's going to be a um, it's going to be a task for coaches to figure that one out. Uh, Josh, I really do think that they, they target Stingley and, and teams will regret that pretty early on. Yeah, no. So just to jump back to the linebackers real quick, um, Timon Clark talking to some sources and some guys there that that um, he's a name, like you mentioned that, but uh, keep an eye on. Same thing with Emery. If you would ask me three or four weeks ago, no, but he's had come on really strong. They said he's going to play and he is uh, he's a freak, a heck of an athlete athlete so uh i'm excited for to see clark and what he can do they said he's an scc body type kid and ready to go tremendous athlete so it's always nice charles when you could get 
kind of get that that guy that you weren't expecting, you know, that he pops up and he ends up being an NFL talent. That that's always that's always nice. And on 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 the back end, yeah, it's going to be. I'm curious to see how much they test Stingley. But at the end of the day, Charles, you, you know, Fulton, he's he's showed that he can cover. So you know, pick your poison right there. But yeah, yeah, I guess you got to test Stingley early. You know, see if he's really who he you know who we think he is. And uh, but yeah, they might end up paying for that. So you know, that's it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch early on. Well, and then that nickelback, which we talked about earlier, is going to be Kerry Vincent Jr. Yeah. I think you see a ton of Kerry Vincent this year. Uh, really an opportunity for him to show what he brings to the field. And then that safety position, uh, obviously Grant Delpit's one of your starters. Then, you know, it's kind of a toss-up of, of where you go. You go with Jacoby Stevens, uh, Todd Harris, maybe an Eric Monroe. Uh, where do you see that last safety spot going? So – when you you know under Aranda, this is tricky. You know, I had a buddy of mine to scout in the NFL. He said, "What what's up with y'all safety position?" And he was looking at some film. He's like, "I really don't know. Does anybody really play safety? They play linebacker, so which is kind of cool." But I think Todd Harris is uh, he's I think he he's the guy that plays that last safety position. But depending on the situation, Charles, I think you're going to see a lot of guys. You're going to see Jacoby J- Stevens kind of be that flex guy, Eric Monroe, um, from what I heard that you're going to see him on the field, you know? So I think you're going to end up seeing all these guys, a Marcel Brooks, five-star kid, you know, that they said he looked great when they sent him on blitzes and, and pass rush. So, um, Aranda's got a lot of toys to play with. And I think it's gonna, he's going to use, he's going to use these guys this year because I truly believe this is a defense. It's a national championship defense and he's going to use his weapons. Yeah, excited to see what Aranda brings. You know, he's talked about how he's letting these guys loose even more just because yep. this whole defense has been under his system. Uh, you know, this is the longest Durant has ever been at a university being the defensive coordinator. So excited to see not only this offense, but once again, what this defense can do, what how they can elevate in, in a time where teams are slinging the ball more and more. So uh, Aranda is, is getting some of that practice right now against Joe Brady's offensive passing attack. But uh, it's going to be fun to watch him. But, Josh, let's move on into our final segment, just kind of talking about our season expectations, how we see LSU finishing, and maybe uh, just give one or two games you're excited to see this year. Yeah, so, you know, I've said this quite a bit now on a lot of outlets that I think LSU is wins 10, 10 games this year. You know, I think they're a 10-win team. Uh, you know, and if they get some some good line play – and some good quarterback play, LSU can win 11 games. But a lot's going to ride on that offensive line. You know, as much, you know, as it is the quarterback position, these guys have to block for Joe. And if they can, you know, if they can give us B-plus B offensive line play, you know, for most of the season, I think LSU can win 11 games. I, I, you know, really, you, we don't talk about special teams enough, Charles, but having a return game, Back at LSU with Stingley, a guy that can, you know, put the pressure on teams and maybe break one that can change and swing a game in your way. I think that's where LSU wins that 11th game, Charles. I think they win that 11th game because of a guy like Stingley. And we kind of steal one there where maybe we wouldn't have won last year with Giles taking punts. You know, so uh, I think that's where LSU is going to steal that 11th win somewhere along the way. I'm excited. See, you know, LSU's got to beat Alabama this year, Charles. If if they don't beat Alabama, um, I'm I'm taking a three year hiatus. Okay, so <laughs> I'm uh, 
We'll be, we'll be playing the tapes. We will right. be playing the tapes. Yeah, man. It's it's a this it's it's time. You know, I don't want to hear that their excuses or whatever. And if you're not going to beat them, we got to be there. We got to be there late, Charles. We got to be there with you know a couple minutes left on the clock, and it's anybody's game. We can't have 29 nothing again. You know, people are going to get fired. The the, the new AD, um, you know, he paid 75 million dollars for a head coach at Texas A&M. I think that pretty much says it all. He wants to win, you know. So, you know, LSU's, you know, I focus on that Alabama game, but also the Texas A&M game. I think LSU has to bounce back after what happened last year at Texas A&M and really let them let them guys know, you know, that LSU controls controls that rival. Yeah, Josh, I'm pretty much on board with you with that 10-win season, although I'm going to say they went 11 this year. Um, I, I think the schedule is more favorable than it was last year with most mm-hmm. of the difficult games being at home besides that big one over in Tuscaloosa. You finally get Florida back home, which is one of right. my big games to watch. There's, I mean, that has really turned into more of a rivalry than Alabama, just partially because we haven't beaten Bama in a while. Um, I think it's more of a rivalry for us than it is for them. But I do think that Florida game has turned into a rivalry. Both teams hate each other. And I think it's across all sports, to be honest. You know, baseball, yeah. basketball, and football, as well as gymnastics, softball, and other sports. <laughs> um, yep. But I, I do think the key to the season, my second game I'm highlighting, and I think you hit the two that I'm looking at as well, but that Texas game, you know, early on in the season, does it kill your chances of doing, you know, what you want to accomplish if you lose? No. But if you win that game, you can go into that Alabama game undefeated, which is what you want to ex- what you what you expect from this team, this caliber of talent against the schedule. So, Josh, I think it's going to be an exciting season. You know, I'm excited to see what we get out of the offense and defense. And to be honest, I'm looking forward to game week next week, doing a little preview for Georgia Southern, and and riding out the season with you. Yeah, Charles, it's going to be fun, man. I think this is the, I think this is, we, you know, we always say you got to give it a year or two, you know, give it, give it a couple. This is, to me, this is the year. You got a quarterback who's coming back. Um, this is the year, Charles. I think LSU's got everything in front of them. They got an opportunity to win 11 games and be there at the end and maybe have a shot at the, at the playoff there. Uh, uh, you know, no excuses, man. It's, this is the year that LSU's got to, got to put something together. I agree. It's a shut up or put up kind of a year, and we will have it. We will have it all covered for you here on the Primetime Podcast, as we will be doing a game preview and a recap with Josh weekly, as well as other guests. Uh, no one for Georgia Southern, but we will have a guest lined up for Texas and the remaining opponents as we go through the season. But make sure y'all follow Josh on Twitter at LSU Football Truth. Make sure you check out his website, lsufballtruth.com, where he does have a link posted to the podcast. And make sure you follow us on Twitter as well, at primetime underscore pod. But, Josh, you know, we're almost here. It's time to get ready. It's time to get those last-minute cooking preparations done. And we've got a cold front, it looks like, for that first game day. So uh, if if you don't have anything else to add, uh, figure this about wraps it up. Yep, Charles. That's that's all I got. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, just keep keep an eye on 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 the Twitter. I'm always posting content on there, um, and you know, on the website, I'd like to get something up there at least once a week. So, uh, just, just keep an eye out for that. Well, for Josh Lemoyne, my name is Charles Reese, your host. Y'all have a great week, and as always, God bless. Ooh, bless you.